Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Epiphany Lutheran Church of Mount Vernon, Virginia. We're a congregation of the Metro DC Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And you can find out more about us on our website at epiphanylutheran.org. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up onto the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzlingly white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who were standing with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent. In those days, they told no one of any of the things that they had seen. But on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer? Must I be with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions, but Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. When they had come down from the mountain, Luke writes, a great crowd met him. Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father, and all were astounded at the greatness of God. In our gospel text today, there are two events happening at the same time, two stories that run in parallel until they eventually intersect. 
In one story, Jesus goes up a mountain to pray. He takes some of his disciples with them, and there they have a powerful experience of the presence and glory of God, an experience that is difficult to explain or to put into words. And in fact, the disciples remain silent about it for a long time. Meanwhile, the rest of the disciples of Jesus remain at the bottom of the mountain, where a man comes to them with a child who's having a powerful experience of the presence of evil, an evil force of some kind. It mauls him. It never leaves him alone. It shrieks and convulses him, an evil force that the disciples cannot explain, and more importantly, that the disciples are unable to drive away. So one group of disciples at the top of the mountain experiences the presence of God and a vision of glory, but they don't know what to do with what they've seen and heard. And another group of disciples at the bottom of the mountain experiences the presence of evil and a vision of suffering. And they don't know what to do about it either. It might seem that these two groups of disciples could not have had more opposite experiences. And yet both of them are confused, and I think their confusion comes from the same source. The disciples on the top of the mountain have something that's easy for us to identify as a spiritual experience. They see Jesus transformed before their eyes. They glimpse something of what resurrection life must look like. They hear the very voice of God. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that, where God is almost tangible, where you, you feel like you're in tune with the universe, where you're just overcome with wonder and awe and, and peace. If I think about it, I can identify maybe a couple times in my life when I felt something like this, but those moments were very brief. They they're hard to explain. I don't know if I could describe or put it into words. And looking back, I wonder, you know, did they really even mean what I thought they meant at the time? Hard to say. But the disciples at the bottom of the mountain, who are having something that would seem to be very far from a spiritual experience, they're confronted with profound evil, a suffering child, a desperate father. As hard as they try, there's nothing they can do that will help. And there's nothing uplifting or joyful or peaceful about feeling helpless in the pain of suffering and just plain evil. But unfortunately, for me at least, those experiences are a lot more common than the mountaintop experience of God's presence. And if you want to feel helpless in the face of evil, all you have to do is turn on the news today in particular, of course, uh, but just about any day, really. Or just think through your list of friends and acquaintances. You know, how many of them are suffering right now uh, in ways that you know and in ways that maybe you can't even begin to imagine and how little there is that you have the power to, to do about it? It's not a good feeling, and yet 
It's something we experience all the time. Now, perhaps you'll expect me to give you some advice, some tips on how you can have more transfiguration, spiritual experiences of God and fewer experiences of powerlessness in the face of evil. Maybe some pointers about how to have more experiences of God's presence and fewer experiences of God's absence. But you know, it's funny, the biblical tradition has never thought of direct unmediated experiences of the presence of God as something that we should seek or even desire. I mean, the more common reaction to people who experience the direct presence of God is terror. We see that in the first reading today. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to speak with God, and this experience visibly transforms him. But even seeing the face of Moses after he's talked with God, that's too much for people to handle. And they beg Moses to put on a veil, to, to put on a mask, so they won't have to see his transfigured face. So disturbing that thought is to them. And why? What's so scary about the presence of God? I mean, isn't God full of mercy and compassion? Isn't God absolute love and light and grace? Well, yes, but we know that about God because that's what God's word says about God. The word that came through Moses on Mount Sinai, through prophets like Elijah, the word that comes to us finally through Jesus, who's the word of God made flesh. And on the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus is in prayer. Jesus is transfigured in the Father's presence as Moses was. When the disciples overhear Jesus in conversation with Moses and Elijah, the people of the word, what are they talking about? Luke tells us they're talking about Jesus' coming departure. In the Greek, literally, they're talking about his exodus. That means they're talking about the cross. Because the cross is where the love of God is most completely revealed, in the place of humiliation and weakness and abandonment. Exactly the least likely place we would expect to find God, that's where God reveals to us God's true nature, where we see the most important truth about God, that God loves the world so much, that God loves you so much, that God will bear any burden, pay any price to set you free from evil and death that God would rather accept suffering than inflict it, that God will remain full of compassion and mercy and forgiveness even until the end. Now, Peter and James and John, who were with Jesus on the top of the mountain, they had not yet experienced the cross. So all this talk about dying and rising again was frightening and overwhelming to them. It wasn't until they had gone through the cross and Easter 
not until they had failed his disciples and abandoned Jesus and then received forgiveness and new life at Easter, not until then did they even begin to understand what they had seen. And the disciples at the foot of the mountain, well, they understood even less about how God's power worked. But Jesus knew. And his method for, of dealing with evil, God's method for dealing with evil, that's the only method that actually works. And when we see the results of the power of God to bring life out of death, then like the crowds that saw Jesus finally heal this child and drive out the evil, we are astounded by the goodness of God. And it's right after this that we're told Jesus begins his final journey to Jerusalem to show the disciples and us once and for all where the goodness of God comes from and how it works. It comes in dying to self and letting God raise us to new life. And for us who have had that experience, that's why Paul says in the second reading today, you know, Moses might have needed a mask, but we who have come to know Jesus, we can go out into the world with unveiled faces because we have seen what God is really like. And we have learned that this is a God that we can trust completely no matter what. On top of the mountain, Jesus was glorified as he prayed and talked about the cross. But the cross feels to us like the bottom of the mountain. It feels like the place where evil is triumphant over good, where innocents suffer, where the powerful call down violence and no one can do anything to stop it. But it's at the bottom of the mountain. It's on the cross that God is actually present because that's the best place for God to hide. For those of us who've been called into the story, for those of us who've come to know the God who was revealed and glorified in Jesus, who was crucified and who is risen, we've now seen that with God, we have nothing to fear. Neither Pilate nor Putin, not the powers that shriek and convulse our bodies, not ancient hatreds or novel viruses, nothing has the power to separate us from the God whose pure love, pure compassion, pure light, and pure peace. So this is a good story for us as we enter the season of Lent, as we together focus for a time specifically on the dying and rising of Jesus, on the dying and rising that each of us is called to share. Really, it's a good story for us at any time. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. You're welcome to join us for Sunday worship online or if you're in Northern Virginia in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. For more information about us, please visit our website at epiphanylutheran.org. Thank you.